passage of Scripture is from 1 Corinthians 15, verses 50 through 58. We're going through the, the last part of the Apostles' Creed, those last little statements, and um, we're going from uh, Easter, speaking about the, the Spirit's work in the church, and, and we've had baptism, we've had professions of faith, and today we come uh, to the resurrection of the body, and um, on June 5th we will speak about, I believe in the Holy Spirit. So here we have 1 Corinthians 15. I declare to you, brothers and sisters, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality. When the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true, death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh death, is your victory? Where, O oh death, is your sting? The sting of... The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. This is the word of the Lord. Dear Friends of God, I believe in the resurrection of the body. It's one of those statements that we say at the, near the end of the Apostles' Creed. We've got one more statement after that. I believe in the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting. Amen. And it's easy for us to just kind of get through that and, and come to the end. It's easily said. And today we stop and we think about what are we actually saying when we stand up and say, I believe in the resurrection of the body. We believe that our bodies are mortal. We believe that our bodies have been affected by sin. And because of that, they will die. But because of Jesus, we will rise and we will get new bodies. New resurrection bodies. Have you ever thought about what that means? Have you ever thought about the audacious hope that you have that you will get a new body? We see our loved ones, we see friends and family die, and we place their bodies in the grave. And yet we believe that's not the end of the story for that body, that person. There will be a new resurrection body for those who are in Christ. Let's, let's notice the, the first thing is, it's a mystery. It's a mystery to us. As Paul says, listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. It is a mystery. And 
we will not sleep. It's something so deep and so profound, this truth, that it could only be revealed to us. We had to have God tell it to us. We had to have God speak through the Apostle Paul and, and through all the different ways for us to, to understand and to, to believe this truth. It could only be revealed. We would not have known this without revelation, without it being given to us in the Bible. We might have thought that, that our bodies would just stop existing, that we would stop existing, that our bodies die and that's the end of it. As famous atheist Bertrand Russell put it, I believe that when I die, I shall rot and nothing of my ego will survive. How bleak is that? I mean, that's, he, was, he was faithful to his atheism right to the end. You live, you die, end of story. That's what you believe when the mystery of Christ, the mystery of resurrection bodies isn't revealed to you or somehow you don't believe this res- revelation. And Perhaps if this wasn't revealed to us, we would have been like those ancient Greeks and those ancient Gnostics and perhaps like the modern Gnostics and the modern Eastern religions who believe that the body is evil and so is everything physical. And only the soul counts in the end, and, it's, and in the end, the soul is eternal. And when we die, the body is gladly left behind because it's evil and mortal, and, and we lift with our spirits and we go to be with God. And we merge into the one, head, one God, and, and we lose something of our identity. That's, that's, the, that's, that's what you believe when, you, when this mystery isn't, isn't revealed to you. So there's... But God reveals to us that, that we get resurrection bodies. And our bodies and souls will be reunited in glory where he is. And this is something we believe without seeing because we haven't seen it. There's no proof of it outside of the revealed word of God. But it's something we trust. It's something we believe. It's something we hold on to with all our heart. Because the Bible tells us that Jesus came back from the grave in a physical way. He ate and drank. People touched his hands and his side. And the Bible reveals that Jesus is the first of many who will experience this bodily resurrection. This is a mystery revealed already in the Old Testament. Just hinted at in various places. In, in places like, um, like Job chapter 19 where it says, I know that my Redeemer lives and that in the end he will, stand on the, I will st- he will stand on the earth and after my skin has been destroyed, yet in my flesh will I see God. I myself will see him with my own eyes, I and not another, how my heart yearns within me. We will still be us and we will see God in our flesh. And it says in Psalm 71, you who made me see many troubles and calamities will revive me again. From the depths of the earth, you will bring me up again. 
In places like that, we, we get a foretaste, a, just a little bit of a revelation of what's to come. And then Jesus comes on the scene and he says, he says this, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms, and if that were not so, would I have told you that I'm coming back there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, and that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. That's the words of Jesus, revealing it to us. And then we hear it proclaimed in the rest of the Bible, where it says in in Romans, and if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. And by his power, God raised the Lord from the dead, and he will raise us also. 1 Corinthians 6. And it says, but Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. But each in turn, Christ the first fruits, then when he comes, those who belong to him. We have resurrection to look forward to, the Bible says. And it says in, in the next places, so it will be with the resurrection of the dead, the body that is sown perishable, it is raised imperishable. It is sown in dishonor, it is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness, it is raised in power. It is sown a natural body, it has raised a spiritual body. And because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you to himself. And one more group of passages that just tell us what the Bible says. But our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep. The Bible gives us this revelation, a mystery that gives, it's given to us over and over again in the Bible you will have a resurrection body. It's clearly our future. It's our hope. It's our strength. It's our joy in believing this. But maybe it's hard to imagine it. Maybe it's hard just to, to think, well, how does it go? Like, how, how, like I can't wrap my mind around this. And I think it was John Updike who said this. Just think of it. In the history of the human race, billions of people have come and gone. The vast majority of bodies that ever existed long ago turned to dust, ash, and the like. Yet we claim God can retrieve everyone. Bodies lost at sea, bodies buried, bodies burned, bodies torn to pieces, each and every one can be restored and reunited to the spirit or soul of that person. How is that possible? I don't know. And yet, this is the grand miracle. That's our hope. The same God who created us out of nothing 
The same God who created all the, uh, the whole creation out of nothing, just spoke the word and it was, is the same God who will recreate out of nothing. He can take whatever and make it make us. It's a deep mystery, as deep as creation, as hard to explain as sin, as powerful as grace, as joyful as Christ's victorious resurrection. The resurrection of the body tells us that God is concerned about you and me personally. He's, cre- he's concerned about us and for his creation. God will not discard his creation. He will not obliterate us. He does not give up on a world of sin. He will bring life to its fullness. And he will undo the effects of the fall. As we sing in that ancient Christmas carol, Joy to the World, we sing, No more let sin and sorrow grow. He, uh, he makes his blessings flow as far as the curse is found. As far as the curse is found, the final curse of sin is death, the separation of our souls from our bodies, and Christ has undone that curse too. We can't know this fully until we face our own death. But we also can already get a taste, a taste of it. Already now we, we experience the dying away of something old within us and the rising of something new within us. Already now we, we see that the Holy Spirit changing us and, and transforming us into, into people who look more and more like Christ. The Holy Spirit is renewing us to be like Him. And in the end, it will be complete when we get a glorified body like Christ's. So what does that mean for us? This mystery that's revealed to us, a mystery that we hold on to, yeah, I'm holding on to it. Now what? Well, for one thing, it, it tells us that our bodies are important We are not spirits imprisoned in bodies. Death is not a freeing of our spirit from this torturous body. As as Sharon Miller wrote in Christianity Today, the body is not an afterthought or a mere shell to be discarded. It's not a lower, baser entity housing the higher, more spiritual soul. The physical body is a good part of creation that God designed with a purpose and He plans to redeem it. God, who created our bodies, redeems our bodies. That sets Christianity apart from various Eastern religions that focus only on spirit. This world, it's nothing. This world, don't worry about it. It's fading. What matters is your spirit. And maybe you have to go through a few times and be reincarnated, but in the end, you go to be with God and merge into the oneness and lose who you are into the one. Salvation to them means ultimately merging with God who is spirit. It means finally leaving this evil physical prison for spiritual freedom. But for Christians, our salvation includes our bodies. We keep our identity after death. We still will be us, and our bodies will express that. The fact that our bodies will be redeemed and raised moves us to take care of those bodies, moves us to take care of our creation in a positive way. We're not merely passing through time on this old earth. We have nothing 
to escape. Christ is already now growing in us. Here, we'll, we'll just change that one. He's already growing in us the glorious new life. So practically speaking, resurrection of the body engages us more fully into this world, in a life that we have on earth. We're not so heavenly minded, we're no earthly good. We're heavenly minded and we're good to the earth and good to our bodies. If God values the creation and he values our bodies enough to redeem them, then we value our bodies and we value our creation. Another practical thing that we have because of this belief that we have is that we have audacious hope. My dad passed away six years ago. He, he was 94. He was a member of my church for the last few years of his life. And I'd come over to his house and he'd say, he'd always have something for me to preach about. And he always often said, you younger people don't think of heaven that much. But us older people, we do. We're that much closer to going there. You should preach about heaven. Well, he was right. When you're young, you recite the, the Apostles' Creed. You, you say this, right? I, I believe in the, the resurrection of the body. And you stow that somewhere back in your mind. And you go, yeah, yeah, I believe that. I'm going to take care of the body. I'm going to take care of the earth. Yeah, that's all good. But you think that's a ways off yet. It's a long way off. You're 16 years old. You think somebody who's 30 is ancient. But when you approach age 94, you start thinking this could happen next year or next month. Or tomorrow. I had an aunt who at the end of her life prayed for it to happen every day. And every day she woke up, she was disappointed because she was still here. She was ready for it and she longed for it. We live in hope of the resurrection of the body. Some of us are closer to it than others. But this hope lives within us when we experience the truth of this mystery within us. It not only moves us to care for our bodies, but it moves us to be strong in, in hope. Because we face trouble, we face hardship, we face adversity. We, we have this comfort that comes to us when we know what lies before us. We have a hope that comforts us in our grief. We have a hope and we see dignity in every person we see. And we say, that person too will have a resurrected body and we treat them with respect and we spend our lives doing the things that lean into this hope from our choice of vocation to the way we spend our money to the way we love our neighbors. As a pastor, I've been at the side of many gravesites and often we sprinkle sand as a symbolic way of, of burying our loved one. And I agree with Dwayne Kelderman who noticed that at a graveside, people often report feelings of revulsion, of having to leave their loved ones out in an open field with no protection and no dignity. As Paul says, our bodies are sown in dishonor. And yet, at this point of greatest dishonor, as a pastor, I get to speak the gospel. I can boldly proclaim that this loved one, that they are now lowering into the grave, 
will be raised with a brand new body. I remember there was one family and they weren't prepared for, for the death of their loved one and they were numb with grief and their heads were down and they were sad and they, were, they, they just looked like they were forlorn. And they suddenly came to attention as I read out loud the words of those powerful words. I said, listen. And they listened. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will be changed. In a flash, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable. And we will be changed. And I'd like to think that somehow that hope got a hold of them again. And they said, yes okay, we can go through this again. We can go through this moment. It was an outrageous claim. But only if you haven't met the Savior. If you have the Holy Spirit within you, giving you the life of Christ, you recognize this truth, and you accept these words of hope and the comfort they bring around every graveside. Our deepest hope the one that sees us through the most difficult times of our lives, the one that moves us to appreciate the physical world of, and our bodies, is that the Holy Spirit will resurrect our bodies from the dead just as he did with Jesus. To us who believe, this is a truth that comforts us today and through our whole lives. Thank God that we have a future that's bright and glorious. Amen. Let's pray. Oh Lord, we thank you for your mystery that you have revealed to us through the words of your scripture. Thank you that we will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. And we look forward to that flash, that twinkling of an eye, that last trumpet. Lord, we, we long for that trumpet to sound and the dead raised to life imperishable, that we will be changed. Help us, Lord, to look to Christ and to follow Christ and to live in his hope throughout our whole lives. In Jesus' name, amen. And a song that expresses that hope is, I will rise and we will stand in body or spirit as the, when the music starts to sing.